Welcome back to Speaking of Wounds, a podcast by the Wound Care Learning Network. I'm your host, Steve Berquist. We have returning special guests with us today for part two, uh, Laurie Baer, a physician assistant, the clinical director at the uh, Birmingham Women's Hospital in Boston, and Renee Simpson, the expert with us on clinical service management uh, from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. We're diving back into part two about dressings, which dressings, when, and then the fun part of how do you actually get the dressings? So in part one, I was throwing a little loops uh, at my colleagues here with, I brought up the subject of honey and some of the subject of the silver, we even touched the surface of different kinds of dressings. So in part two, what I'd like to do is just on my part, be a little quieter, hand the microphone as it were over to um, these two gals because Laurie is going to pick up and maybe just share with us a few uh, nuggets of gold on which kind of dressing where, and as you talk about addressing, Lori, if you'll hand it back to Renee, who can just give us that instruction on how do you get dressings, what to do, those kind of simple things. So, um, you know, when I approach a wound, I, I think of all this, the, um, the factors that go into um, how we're going to, to treat it. And I think of uh, managing exudate, managing bacteria, um, debriding the wound, optimizing the wound environment, and and then hopefully you're going to pick a dressing that's going to do all or you know most of those things, um, and that that's sort of the challenge and um, what is I think exciting about about doing wound care, um, and so you want to pick an ideal dressing that's not going to hurt. It's going to be easy for the patient to um, to apply, and then um, the way that um, we uh, organized our um, talk for the conference is um, we organize the dressings in what what the dressings will do. Um, so um, we can start out with um, if we need a dressing that's going to debride the wound, um, and that would include the hydrogels and the hydrocolloids and transparent films, and then things that you apply like the honey that we talked about last time, cadexam or iodine, um, the sodium chloride gauze, um, and so all of those, um, you know, depending on how much exudate you have. Um, that would determine whether you're going to use one or another. Um, but those are the main categories of dressings that we would use to debride. Um, and then, Renee, you want to pick up and talk about how you would get those type of dressings? Well, I'm glad, Laura, that you mentioned the drainage because how you get your dressings as part of the reimbursement is how much drainage you have. So if you have a dry wound and you want to take your calcium alginate and use that, dampen it with saline and put on there, you're not going to get that reimbursed. It has to have moderate to large drainage to have the alginate reimbursed. So that's one thing that you need to keep in mind is if I ha how much drainage you have, I need to choose a dressing that's designed to absorb that, that drainage or add uh, moisture. I got a question for you, Lori. People want to change the dressings too soon when we actually need it sitting there in that soup to do the debridement. How often do you want to get people to change the dressings out? That entirely is based on, on what the wound looks like. If you've got 
a wound that's a hundred percent neonecrotic tissue, um, maybe a deep, you know, pressure ulcer, stage four pressure ulcer that's completely necrotic. You're going to want to change that once or twice a day um, with, you know, mechan something that will mechanically debride the wound, either with, you know, Dakin's or um, or just saline gauze or something that's going to get rid of all that um, necrotic tissue. If you have a wound that, um, you know, is more super is is more superficial, um, but still full thickness and just has, you know, maybe 50% slough or necrotic tissue. Um, and you want whatever you're putting on the dressing, whether it's an enzymatic debrider or, um, or even a, a foam or an alginate that, that you want to autolytically debride, then you could, you know, leave it on, every, you know, for a day or, or leave it on for a couple of days. Um, I think if you're actively debriding, you probably don't want to leave a dressing on for more than two days, in my humble opinion. Uh, we talked a minute ago and you were saying uh, there's certain contact layers you're only going to get four months. So we've got to ask for a dressing that can get changed as often as needed here daily or every couple of days, right? Yes, um, most of the primary dressings are daily dressings. You can get 30 of them a month. It's the secondary dressings that are a little bit harder to get for daily daily use. So sometimes you can get even uh, BID dressing changes if you have the correct documentation. And in my presentation, I give you that little tidbit on what the extra documentation should say. Yay, so that's like a cliffhanger because they need to come to this SAWC presentation. Uh, that will be good. That will be good. Um, I hope you guys are having as much fun doing this as I am. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just enjoying us going through things. Um, we've talked about some of the different debriders there. I think before we left the debriding, I would like you to talk to us for a second, Lori, on when you want to add an enzymatic debrider into the picture, which there's just basically one on the market, but um, as opposed to the mechanical uh, autolytic, et cetera. Sure. Um, yeah, the, you know, the, um, the collagenase um, is, is pretty good. That's, as you said, it's all we have now. We, there used to be some other um, products on the market, um, but um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a slow, slower debrider than, than, you know, sharp debridement clearly. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have a patient who um, does have, you know, a fair amount of slough in the wound um, and then, and you want to get rid of it with, with enzymatic debridement as well as mechanical debridement, um, it's a nice um, dressing to use because you can use it daily. Um, it can be used in between visits. Um, I, I have a surgical background and we're plastic surgeons staff our, our clinic and I've always been a, a surgeon. So I'm more likely to actually do a lot of sharp debridement in my clinic. Um, but the collagenase is nice in between um, visits to continue the debridement process. Um, so that's when I, you know, I would, I would use it. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want us to run out of time, but I definitely want to hear your input on collagens. And there are so many. And Renee, I've got some questions on what we run into when we try to get collagen. So, um, Lori, kick us off with talking about some collagen dressings, if you would. Um, so, uh, in, uh, I, you know, like what um, like Renee was saying, you do need uh, 
some exudate um, in order to use a collagen. So you want to make sure that you have at least light to moderate um, drainage. Um, you know, they can be used for uh, stage three or four ulcers or any, any full sickness wound. Um, and uh, they will need a, a, a secondary dressing on top. Um, you know, they, they just add to the healing process. Um, but also just adding collagen to the wound to, to help it heal. Um, in my experience, you need a clean wound, so you don't want to have any necrotic tissue because you want the collagen to be incorporated into the healthy granulation tissue. Um, but as you said, there's so many of them out there, um, and um, I think it's a great dressing to, you know, as that last sort of oomph to get a wound um, fully granulated. We do know that a wound does need to be clean, uh, as you mentioned. And even beyond what we can see with our eyes, we know that we need to control the metallic proteases, uh, the MMPs. So I do like it for that. Do you find a difference in um, powder versus solid other than ease of application? Um, I have not used a lot of the powder. I mean, I have, okay. you know, so I don't have a huge experience with it. All right. Renee, Renee what have you? Um, I used to I used the powder the powder in Texas. I actually used the flakes in Texas, but they're hard to come by. Very few companies have them, and it's hard to find a manufacturer that makes them. Renee, recently I've ordered collagens and had the home health say they can't get it, and I'm concerned maybe I'm ordering incorrectly because what is the current situation on? formularies carrying collagens? As far as I know, there's no problems getting it. All the DMEs that I use are able to get it, and we use different DMEs because that's where you're going to be ordering your supplies from. Now, you guys keep talking about the home health agencies. That's a whole different game. Um, you cannot, if the patient has Medicare, you cannot order supplies through a DME. It has to be provided by the home health. So your home health may not be able to get that product because it's a very expensive product for the home health companies. But you can, if the patient does not have a visiting nurse and they are not Medicare, then you can order the supplies from the DME for those home health companies. We want to make sure that what we're ordering can be at all points of care obtained. Yes, sure. and I'm going to give you another little tidbit that people don't realize that if they are in a nursing home facility, and that's actually their home home, the nursing home doesn't have to pay for those dressings. You can order them through a DME also. Okay, that's another important, you know, we've, we've had a great talk, and what we're talking about is the thoughts of what dressings win, and we've just touched the subject. I mean, Lori has a whole list set out here for her presentation in a beautiful way. And then we've touched on why would we have trouble getting it or what we need to do to be able to get it. And this will so clearly be answered in your all's upcoming SAWC presentation. Can the dressing be the magic bullet? There's a lot more to your presentation than what we've just chit-chatted about. Do you guys have any questions or comments before we sort of wrap it up here at the end of our time? 
Thanks, Steve. It was, that was, this was definitely uh, a lot of fun and um, hopefully people will tune into our talk. I agree. I love talking wounds. Uh, you guys are great. So listen, everybody, this was a great discussion with Lori Bear and with Renee Simpson. And I think you're going to enjoy hearing more at their SAWC presentation. I want to thank you listeners for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And we're hoping you guys tune in next week for our next podcast.